Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Inverse. Whether you're watching us on video or whether you're listening to us on podcast, we want to say welcome. My name is Justin Kim, and in the studio we have Jonathan Siku and Sebastian. And Aloha. We're so happy that you're joining us to study the topic of God first. God first. Apparently we have some Hawaiians here too. Uh, we're looking at 1 Kings chapter 17, <laughs> 8 through 16. Uh, but we want to encourage you, as we do every week, to go to inversebible.org and mm. download our Bible study guides. There we have almost five years worth of Bible study guides from different topics that you can download and share with your friends and have your small groups or your church groups or whatever group you have and studying different books of the Bible or different topics that you may be curious about that impact your life. Uh, we're looking at God first in this quarter, and I want to start off with a word of prayer, and we'll get into it like we always do. All right, so uh, Siku, can you pray for us? Sure. Let us pray. Loving Father, we thank you for the opportunity and the privilege that we have to come to your word. We ask that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher now, that we would receive a blessing that would impact our lives to make us give us just as you are. In mm -hmm. your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank amen. you, Siku. Jonathan, we're going to go to 1 Kings, mm -hmm. and we'll read from chapter 17, verse 8 to verse 16. All right. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar, and see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me small, a small cake from it first, and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord's the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. Sebastian, there, there from uh, episode to episode, we've been looking at different types of giving. Uh, we have repeated ourselves mm -hmm. on the same principles, um, some of them a couple times over, and that's okay. I mean, that's mm -hmm. repetition. Um, Deep into the impression. The impression. Uh, what are some that have stood out to you personally that that you would like to implement or that you have forgotten but would like to revive in your life? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, Thank you. I, I really like um, to to emphasize. I think two two episodes. One, the grateful giver in Noah, mm. and the idea of what he gave knowing that he was going to lose mm. with an impending doom, a corrupt world mm. and generation. Mm -hmm. um, but yet he still had a profound sense of gratitude mm. and ability to see what was on the other side of that tragedy. 
And you having three, ch uh, well, three Four. daughters and one son. Right. Uh, and, and Noah having three sons and three <laughs> daughters, daughters-in-law. I mean, he saved his whole family. That's, right. That's a big thing. So mm -hmm. I, think, I think that was, um, you know, a grateful giver uh, yep. was an important lesson. And also, I think, ironically, the looking at the wicked giver in terms of Ahaz oh. and, and recognizing the times in my life where I may be operating on that transactional mm -hmm. approach, mm -hmm. where I may be recognizing or that I may feel like I need to sacrifice something that God never called me to sacrifice in order to receive the things that He wants to that give. That is a common temptation for all of us, isn't it? Mm -hmm. that we, even sure. in our habitual giving, sometimes we do get in that mode and we're like, well, uh, I need something, Lord, so here's my tithe, you know. And yep. that is, it does sneak us up on, on so, us yeah. like that. So those were, those were two big ones, gratitude and not being that way yeah. in terms yeah. of God. No, I appreciate your, your transparency uh, with us. Absolutely. Um, Siku, what is going on in chapter 17? What, what is Elijah and the widow, what's, what's, what's up? What's going on? Um, Elijah just told the king, Ahab, mm. who was mm. a wicked king, mm. that there was going to be a drought, and mm -hmm. so there is a drought. Mm -hmm. uh, first, God sends him to the brook Cherith, and mm -hmm. he's there by the brook until it runs dry. Um, God miraculously provides for him. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, by birds coming and giving him food. Ravens? Uh, mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, ravens, <laughs> this is an important detail. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Not Absolutely. regular birds, yes. but I mean unclean. <laughs> unclean, mm -hmm. selfish, selfish birds. 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 Yes. Come and give him food. Yeah. Yes. So it's a huge miracle. Yes. Um, but now the, the, the brook has run dry, and then God tells him to go to another place, and now he's going to provide for him through this mm -hmm. widow in Zarephath. Um, significant that she's a widow, which mm -hmm. means that economically dis disadvantaged, mm -hmm. um, and she has a son. She has someone who's dependent on her, but mm -hmm. she's unable to provide. Mm -hmm. And this all in the middle of a drought, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it seems that God sends Elijah to places where he will provide for Elijah miraculously. Mm -hmm. And through this woman, even though you're like, okay, at a brook, he's all by himself, and then God provides miraculously. But even though it's through a person, through this woman, she has no way of providing mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. So God miraculously, through another person, um, performs a miracle to sustain Elijah. And in doing so, this widow, by accepting being used as a channel, is also blessed. Mm -hmm. um, mm. blessing yeah, and also, in addition, uh, you, you totally, she's a widow, she's a mom, she's got a dependent, but she's also a Gentile, oh, yes, right? Yes. She's a Gentile. So just the, the social uh, layering on this, mm -hmm. and that she's a widow, so that, that social class as a woman, as a widow, was just kind of totally different and yep. foreign, mm -hmm. uh, and the Jews were not supposed to associate with Gentiles on, on mm -hmm. that level, and now mm -hmm. they're, they're, and then it's almost as if God was saying, look, if I did a miracle with unclean birds, how much more can I do a, a miracle mm -hmm. with unclean, unclean foreign people, people, you know, that are outside of your social class that you're used to, the blessing can come from that yeah. way. Mm -hmm. I really see if I can add, and we'll get to Jonathan, uh, I can, I love in verse 9, it says, arise and go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon. I just mm -hmm. really see the humor of God there, yep. mm. that here you have the king and King Ahab and his yes. wife, Queen Jezebel, Jezebel. They're, they're, they're trying to get you know this troublemaker, and uh, she's from mm -hmm. her hometown mm -hmm. is Sidon, Sidon. right? Yeah. And so then God's like, hey, go to Sidon, like the last place <laughs> where President Obama would find Osama bin Laden would be in Washington, D.C.'s basement, right. you right. know? Like right. he's, he's been camping out in the White House this whole time. That's <laughs> right. the last place. I just see that like, God is wise, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but he's also humorous, and in that, that irony, 
God is glorified. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like Moses awesome. hiding in Egypt, right? When yeah. Pharaoh's trying to kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's like, what? Totally. But he went to the wilderness, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm saying when, when he was with his brother as a baby. Right? Oh, oh, right, right. Trying to kill oh, all okay. the boys. Oh, yes, yes. And yes. so the deliverer oh. was actually the one that was found by his daughter. Oh, okay. And raised Sorry, in the palace. I misunderstood. I but yes, later on, absolutely. In the, in the pyramids. <laughs> First 12 years. Just, just, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, good. Jonathan, what's, what's, what's up? Yeah, I think the, the contrast here that uh, the story draws between the people of Israel and, and this widow is pretty amazing because mm. the people of Israel who should be faithful mm. are unfaithful. And here you have this pagan Very woman yeah. who should be unfaithful, you know, what you would expect, and is faithful. Mm -hmm. uh, she, she puts her trust in the God of Elijah. Mm -hmm. How does that even make sense? Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, that contrast really sticks out to me, which shows cool. me that um, God is at work everywhere. Yeah. And um, sometimes people who we would never expect mm to glorify God, never expect to, to be more faithful than we are, yeah. are more faithful than we are. And it, it is a rebuke, but also an inspiration. And so I believe that uh, God was trying to teach a lot of things for people of Israel, to Elijah as well, in this story. Um, but we see here this woman, um, despite everything that's going on, and maybe it is because she has realized that her own gods are not sufficient, mm. realizes, I got to put my trust in, in a true God. And so, you know, uh, <clears throat> Baal, the gods of, of these nations, he's yeah. the God of fertility. Mm -hmm. And so people would expect, you know, to offer to him and, you know, then he will rain down and there will be food, there will be will enough grow. crops, mm -hmm. yes. etc. But he's obviously not doing this. God is showing that Baal is, is, is not real. Mm -hmm. And so this woman understands that message, the message that the Israelites don't understand. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this small encounter <laughs> here, we see a powerful, a powerful mm -hmm. moment of faithfulness mm -hmm. from a very unexpected Yeah, place. no, as you're saying that, I'm thinking of, didn't Jesus say that? Like in, I forget, I don't know, somewhere, but in Luke where Jesus says, I have not seen, the, the greatest faith was, yes. in the time of drought was the, Elisha the, went, the, yeah, the, to the, the widow. widow, and yep. then all the Jews were like, Luke what about four? us? And, and right. yeah, no, exactly to that mm -hmm. point. Maybe that's what you're referencing, I don't mm -hmm. know, but. Um, yeah, as, as I said, the, just talking about the demonstration of faith that, that from this woman. Yes. Um, how in verse 11. Um, verse, uh, first Kings verse, 17. First Kings 17. 11. Yes, verse 11. It says, and as she was going to get it, he called and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Mm -hmm. What was she going to get? She was going to get him a cup of water to drink. Mm -hmm. It's in the middle of a drought. Um, water <laughs> is scarce. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. So already just on the first uh, request that, that the prophet made, she could have said, well, are you joking me? <laughs> like, mm, right. It's a drought, you right. know? Yeah. Um, but she takes off a meager resource already and she's already willing to give, to share, right? Yeah. Um, when he asks now for a morsel of bread, her, her petition is, look, like, I mean, I could give this to you, but like, I'm about to die and my son about to die. Like, you're gonna eat this and die. <laughs> like, basically, like, it's, it's not even, <laughs> The water, maybe we could keep drinking, like the little water that's left. Until <laughs> I, I would be happy, I, even if I shared with you, it's not sufficient to sustain life, mm. right. anything beyond just a little bite, right? Um, but when the prophet responds to her with a promise, mm. she takes hold of that promise and she acts out her faith in that promise. Mm. Yeah. Um, something that, that struck me on this woman is that she was already a generous woman. Mm -hmm. Like she was already a woman who was willing to give. She was yeah. already willing to share of the resources that she had, right? Mm -hmm. And then God builds on that, right? So she was, she, apparently there was already a seed of, you know, some kind of character within her that God had been cultivating. Yes. And through this opportunity for her to give, 
back to God, God uses that as an opportunity to cultivate her faith even more. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So. Giving, giving becomes an opportunity to grow in your faith experience. Yes. Like there may be seeds of, you know, of, of a little trust, of kindness, of, you know, but in giving back to God, it becomes an opportunity to even grow more in our, in our relationship with God. And that's what God gives an opportunity to do through the invitation of the prophet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy, Siku, to even further augment that dynamic you mentioned about growing in her relationship with God. As you notice in verse 12, she says to Elijah, as the Lord, your God lives. Yep. So she's letting him know, as, as the Lord, your God lives, I do not have bread. So she hasn't fully adopted this as the Lord, our so God, or the Lord, my there. God, mm-hmm. right? There's that separation. And so you can see, like you're talking about that, when God says in verse nine, um, I see, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. That's an interesting statement for God to say when he's not violating her will. He's not forcing her to be a certain way. But God is telling you as a as a person of trust to the prophet, I've commanded a situation to come about over in this place. But as it's unfolding, Elijah's moving with the confidence of what God said. Mm -hmm. And now he's giving the same challenge to this woman to have confidence in what God has said mm-hmm. at the same time, is, and that's an extended. This is profound because uh, you say God has commanded this. He knows He knows her heart. He knows what's going mm-hmm. on, right? I believe this woman must have observed Yahweh, the God of the Israelites. And you said, she said, Lord, your God. Mm-hmm. I believe she already has somewhat of faith in Him. If she says He's living, she must believe that He's real. Mm. But the beautiful thing is here, we see really a gospel presentation because she might not have um, realized that Yahweh can be her God. That's why she says that. Mm-hmm. But she she would like it. But she can't, you know, she, she might not know that she can. Right. As a widow of the Sidonians, right? It's like that's right. not our... It's not, you know, culturally, whatever the expectations are. Right. But then Elijah in verse 13, this is so beautiful. He says, do not fear. Mm-hmm. He, he speaks the gospel message into her life by saying those words, do mm-hmm. not fear. And then, of course, he presents more about, you know, the God of Israel who will provide for you. But he's saying, this God that you believe lives, he will provide for you. And so he's giving her an invitation to become part of those who are under this God, under mm. Yahweh, which this is, this yeah. is profound because it speaks also to us. When we, when we are faced with the droughts in our life, you know, whether it is, uh, you know, spiritually or through our means, whatever it is, if you're struggling, we need something. The, the Bible, God, the Lord tells us here, do not fear, you know, put mm-hmm. your trust in the Lord and even though there's no water, there's no flour, no oil, He will provide. He will provide for what you actually need. Mm. And it's an invitation to not live in fear, to not be driven by the circumstances of our lives, like, oh, you know, the things that we think we can control or can't control, but trust in the Lord. Even when you think you're an outsider, even when you think you're not part of that, yeah. God is inviting you. I and think what's, it's what's crazy about that fear component is there's yeah. a relationship between the hospitality, yes. right? Because there's the do not fear, mm-hmm. right? Like you're saying, here's the gospel presentation. Do not fear, trust God. And what should that lead you to do? Yes. To give when you don't have. Amazing. That, I'm also thinking here, like just the, there, there's, we, we know the story. We sure. love Elijah. We have compassion <laughs> for the widow. But 
there's also some level of like audacity here, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know, we, we live in a context where like, hey, if people are hungry, you know, we're 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 Christians, feed the hungry, meet their needs, meet mm. them where they are, mingle with them, you know, yeah. all these things. But here Elijah's like he goes to essentially a homeless person mm -hmm. and says, Oh, are you hungry or are you thirsty? Well, just make me a sandwich first. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Now I know I'm, I'm I'm placing it in that context, but <laughs> what faith requires a certain level of audacity mm -hmm. because he sees the outer the outer reality yeah. outside of that immediate context. Yeah. In our yeah. too many too many times we're just like, hey, we gotta meet their needs and and, and we we just bypass the spiritual and the faith component altogether and we just mm. wanna like clothe the, yeah. the the naked and, and, and all these things are totally needed and whatnot. But we miss the the outer reality of things, mm. yeah, and 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 Elijah was mindful of that. Yeah, and a, a personal story to that effect. Like I, I did a summer where I was bringing Christian books, you know, from door to door and selling them, and I had the hardest time in territory where <laughs> um, Sebastian knows because he used to drive drive the van. Um, I had the hardest time. He was in, in the field with you. He was driving the van. <laughs> he was driving the van, and he would drop us off. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. You were a trusting giver. That's good. <laughs> um, but I had the hardest time uh, at homes which looked derelict, which looked like, mm -hmm. and, and someone comes to do and you can tell that financially, economically, I'm like, I feel like I'm doing better and I'm a student, you know? <laughs> like, I'm just like, I had a really hard time mm. at those doors to say, hey, you know, I have these books that are filled with truth that will change your life, mm. you know? I mean, this is worth more than this home, worth more than everything you possess mm -hmm. put together if you would read this and have an experience with Jesus. I believed that, but I had a hard time with it at the door to, yeah. to, to, to sure. you know, not as a salesperson, not trying to right. get money out of people, but actually believing that we have truths mm -hmm. that can impact people's lives. And, and that's the kind of, I, when I yeah. said audacity, um, to, to believe that the truths that we have in God's Word yeah. are that valuable. And, and that yeah. God will show up for them. Yep. That to, have, to have that confidence uh, when, you, when you move into those experiences where you are witnessing in that way, which it can be, you know, yeah. uh, come across maybe. And but, but you can just imagine, he said like, hey, the, the ravens fed me just a couple, couple days right. ago. Yeah. So That's right. God's got go do back. your thing and get me a sandwich yeah. and God will feed you too. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just, but it can be viewed as, yes. what? Sebastian. And, and, and further in the story, right, the next step is in verse 15, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. Mm -hmm. So even though we're, we're saying it's trust in God, her path to mm -hmm. that trust in God was faith Through in the Elijah. word of Elijah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That don't fear, as you feed me, it will never run out. Mm -hmm. God is gonna provide in the middle of a famine. So it's like even Siku coming to that door, it's not Jesus at the door saying, oh, if you purchase this book and you invest in your spiritual life, this is what God's going to do. And to me, that is also a component of the intercessory role that we may play in helping other people to develop as a trusting giver mm -hmm. and to give to God. Because I remember going to a man's house and for me, it was the opposite of Siku's experience. Like me going to people who are like poor, whatever, I was like, yeah, man, I was poor. Like, look, we spend money on cable. We need like, this, man. We need this, bro. We need this truth. <laughs> but when I went to like wealthier people, it was like, oh, yeah, we're all homes. set. You know, we got a church library and blah, 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 blah. And oh, I can probably find it on Amazon. You know, it's cool. Like, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, man, I don't know how to argue this. Like, 
And it wasn't until I met this guy who was an entrepreneur, built his own house out of this beautiful wood. And his wife was like, oh, come back, you know. And I thought the wife was interested, but the husband was the individual who ended up being the one who got convicted on the books. Mm. And the reason was he pulled me in the room because his wife was like, we can't afford these books, like $300, like da 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 like we could probably get them cheaper, secondhand. <laughs> and, um, his, and his wife was just arguing down the price. And he looked at his wife and he said, well, I understand it's expensive, but so is golf, so is the swimming pool we have in the mm. back. Go get the checkbook. And I was like, whoa, right? Whoa. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. And so he pulls me into his office in his house and he's like, listen, he locks the door. And he's like, hey, you know, sit down, right? And I was like, yo, <laughs> like what's happening, right? And as I sit down on his couch, he, um, he sits just, you know, about where Jonathan was. And as he's um, pausing, he won't start talking for a couple minutes. And then he starts to get emotional. Mm. And he tells me the story of the fact that he says, you know, I was an entrepreneur doing da 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 da. And he says, one day I was like, you know what? I haven't really hung out with my daughters, three daughters. I'm going to go home. And as he came home, his daughters were not home on a Sunday. Mm. And he asked his wife, like, where are the girls? She says, oh, you know, the neighbors take them to church every Sunday. And he was like, what? Like, she's like, you remember? So he's like, oh. And he said, then when you came to my house, that story came back to my mind. And I realized that another man was leading my daughter spiritually mm. and was taking my role and responsibility. And then by this point, he's full on tears, right? Mm. So then I started crying. <laughs> he's like, you know, I'm going to do this on the trust of your word, of the hundred appeals in these books mm. to call my daughters to Jesus. Like, I'm going to trust that as I read to them, as I take the time and invest on the basis of your word, mm -hmm. this is what I'm going to move forward and do. And so you, you recognize that in this moment, Elijah could also felt like my neck is on the chopping block. Like if this stuff doesn't come through, she's like, I'm doing this according to your word. Like mm -hmm. Jesus didn't come down himself. This is not a divine revelation. Michelangelo face cracked the sky. Like, don't worry, I will provide for you. <laughs> You're like, okay, I had a vision. <laughs> no, it's just a regular poor looking prophet who just came from the brook Kareth. <laughs> And I'm going to trust his word that he's going to do. And I'm going to move forward as a trust. So sometimes we are the Elijah upon whose word people trust. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's not only do we get lessons from the widow who made God first, mm. but also to be like Elijah, to call people to make God first. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that we also shy away from just as much mm. as the other lesson we can get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was say, I think on, on that, on making that radical appeal to others, I think part of it is, like you said, Elijah had already been to the Brook Cherith on his own um, and had had an experience with God. Yeah. So when he comes into this experience, he knows that God can provide because God yeah. has provided Amen. for him. Yeah. So being able to call somebody else to that radical commitment, to mm -hmm. that radical putting God first, even when it means that you are risking your own life, mm -hmm. right? And, and um, it makes me teary-eyed as a mother to say you're not just risking your own life, you're risking the life of your child, mm -hmm. you know? Um, like, this is yeah. not just putting yourself on the line, this is putting your family on the line. Yeah, her son. For yeah. God's word, right, that mm -hmm. has come to you. And this is, Elijah mm -hmm. has to have that level of confidence to call this woman to put herself on the line and her child on the line 
for God's word because mm. he has that level of confidence in God's yeah. word. Amen. And I think sometimes we're afraid to call people to make those kind of commitments to God because I haven't made that kind of commitment to mm. God. I'm like, what if he doesn't show up for her? Mm. Right. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you continue the story, so you can, I mean, it continues down your line uh, mm. totally. I mean, verse, you know, the, the son becomes sick and is, mm-hmm. is, is there's, essentially dies. Verse 18, mm. so she says to Elijah, what have I to do with right. you, O man of God? It's almost as if she's kind of mocking him, O mm. man of God. Have you come to, come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill, kill my, my son? son? All this doubt, all this provocation comes out, all this, mm. you know, yeah. she believed on him for the cup of water and for the oil and for the flour, but like, but still my son I dies? Like, what's up with that? Mm-hmm. And he could have easily retaliated. He's like, mm. come on, woman, like, and he could have preached the message. And he just says, give me your son. <laughs> and he prays <laughs> over him and, 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 and he's saved, right? Right. And then and verse 24, the conclusion is, then the woman said to Elijah, now by this, I know that you are a man of God mm. and not sarcastic man of God, but yeah, you're really a man of God. And that the word of the Lord yeah, in the your word mouth. Of not your word, mm. but the, the word of the Lord in your mouth is, is yeah. the truth. Yeah. So when you, when you think about that, that's more radical of a concept, like what Siku's saying, is sometimes the best way to minister to people is to make demands of them, mm. to give more mm-hmm. than wow. what they think they actually have to give. That's how Elijah led her to Christ, mm-hmm. was to make a demand, not to give, not to serve, but realizing sometimes letting people serve us yeah. and asking them to serve you, similar to Jesus with the woman at the well. Yeah. That's how you minister to them is by making the demand to say, be a trustful giver. Yeah. And let's see what the Lord does. Now, we have spent time on Elijah and, and rightfully so. I mean, he's a great dude, uh, but we're looking at giving. Mm-hmm. And this, this, we got to give credit to this woman here as she made God first. Mm-hmm. And she, even though her son's life was at stake and she kind of wavered a bit, but she still stuck with it and, uh, and she was trusting. Well, how can we apply this today? Uh, we have a whole theme called God first. It's easy to say, hey, and every now God make God first. And then we can think uh, in our lives, yeah, I think I make God first. I go to church, I, 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 I may pay tithe. Um, mm-hmm. How do we... How do we do, how do we become like this when, when it's hard mm. to make God first? Let's make a real application. I mean, I think, of, I think of experiences in my life uh, where, you know, where early on in my walk with the Lord, where He gave me opportunities to put my trust in Him, even when I felt like it was going to be a sacrifice, I'm going to lose, you know, money or, or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, and, then I, <clears throat> and then I see that God did bless, mm-hmm. you know, and did provide. Uh, even when I felt at first, oh, I don't know if I should do this. And basing on this um, throughout the years, whenever I look back to that and then even the experiences that followed, I mean, I have a, I have a whole story that I didn't get to share today, but like that is almost the same as Elijah and this yeah. widow. And, uh, you know, where, where you put your trust in the Lord and you, you experience that He provides in supernatural ways or ways you would have never imagined that are way better than what you could have ever come up with in your own strength. Mm-hmm. Um, it is... Then later on in times of crisis, uh, when, we, when we start to doubt, like this widow, when, when her son almost died, you know, uh, or when he did die, uh, you know, in, in those moments, that's when you can remember, hey, you look back to, to what has happened before mm-hmm. uh, and you, you remember, trust in the Lord, He will provide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, it's looking back at those stories and the experience I've had in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and something that comes out in the story is the Word of God. Mm. Right? Yes. Yeah, that's, um, that is a motif that runs through. Yeah, yep. so it's, it's the Word of God through the prophet and then, it's the word, and then growing in her experience with the Word of God. Mm. So 
her giving is a response to God's word and her commitment is a response to God's word. So practically speaking, I need to know what God's word is saying mm. so that I know what I need to put him mm. first in. Mm -hmm. What yeah. is he calling me to do? And make a heart commitment that whatever you call me to do, I will do, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So if I want to grow in my experience, I need to commit in my heart yeah. that what you tell me to do, I'm going to do. And then when I read it in his word, I execute on what he has said. So wonderful question to end on this episode on is as we study God's word, what are we all convicted to do and to trust his word? We may, circumstances may seem tenuous at times, but we stick through it, trust in him until the end. That's our prayer. Hopefully that's yours. I'll see you next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.